This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to Chapter Tactics, your 40k podcast which focuses on playing Warmer 40k competitively at all levels of the game. This is the team episode, I'm crowning it right now, and unfortunately I've never played in a 40k team event that had more than three people per team, so I'm not the expert, but I did bring three amazing 40k players, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves, starting with the person with the deepest Darkest connections in the dark city. Hello, how are you? <laughs> and uh, you flatter flatter me with the whole good player thing. Uh, of course, that is Mr. That's how you Stark. get into my Archon's graces. Just saying. There you go. Flattery goes a long <laughs> way with the cabal. Next, the person who is the best looking. Jeff, he must be talking about you. I think so. You can never tell, Pablo. It's hard to say. <laughs> Was he going to reintroduce himself? It's possible. <laughs> you go, flowing black hair, the rhino. <laughs> uh, that is, of course, Mr. Steven, the Juice 4. Hey, uh, what's going on, everybody? And then the muscles himself, Jeff in Control Robinson. Yo. Jeff, I so- have to admit, uh, we just obviously just got back from Tennessee and... Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw you, it feels like, uh, six months ago, but uh, you have put some muscle on since Adeptic. Like. The power of being single, my friend. The power there it is. <laughs> a little extra time, yeah. You yep. you walked around in a tank top the first day, and I felt like I almost had to like, puff my chest out a little bit just to even <laughs> walk up to you. It was pretty impressive. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Right on. All right, so uh, like I said earlier, this is the team episode. The reason why is because the American Team Championships did just happen. Uh, it was a record-setting tournament, I believe, with record-setting attendance. Uh, I'm not sure that was the the kind of the headline thrown around. 400-plus um, people went up to Tennessee to do battle, sweated it out. It was an absolute great time. It's a large team of team tournament. And then, of course... ETC is just around the corner, and what do you know? All three of these gentlemen are also part of ETC teams for their respective countries. So, if you've ever wondered what it was like to be in a team tournament, to play with the best of the best, and play against the best of the best, this is the episode for you. But, before we go on, this episode is brought to you by the brand new Frontline Gaming Network, FrontlineGaming.org your one-stop shop for all tabletop goodies, and, of course, the wonderful patrons of the channel. If you'd like to support us, 
Go to patreon.com slash chapter tactics. Keeps the lights on. Also, one lucky patron this month is going to get given a free night. Whatever flavor they want. Chaos, Imperium, Xenos, Pink. That's a flavor. You will get it. All right. Scary. I said that's delicious. Pink night. Yes, that is definitely mm. a flavor. Beautiful. So uh, we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, go. I, I want to do kind of a roundtable discussion. Uh, I don't want one person talking for too long about the entire event because oh, wow. um, each of you, I think, could probably take a couple hours talking about the tournament. And I don't even think even that wouldn't do the tournament justice because of how big and magnificent it is. I can't believe so, you're calling out Scary already. Like it's not his fault he talks so slow. He's Canadian. <laughs> Well, you know, I try. I really do. I try to stick to that um, that mantra. So, a roundtable discussion, starting with Mr. Juice himself, the champion, or co-champion uh, of the ATC. Why don't you talk us a little bit about your team, the list, your pick, and then kind of going into the event, how, how you all felt about uh, your lists and kind of the matchups. Yeah, no problem. So... The team this year was myself, Austin Wingfield, um, Nick Rose, Brad Chester, and Kelsey Haley, all of which are notable names in the 40K community. Uh, Shy of Austin having to back out last minute um, or uh, soon after finding out he was on the team, um, this team was four out of the five members were uh, our ETC members. And then Kelsey Haley is, is an alternate. So uh, we, when we got this team together, that it was that in mind. It was like, hey, let's let's run similar lists, if not the exact list we take to Europe. So when we start doing pairings six weeks, eight weeks out of ATC, all that does is just give us more time to get ready for, uh, for Europe. So um, lists... Uh, Nick the Truth Rose, I think, uh, destroyed the internet with his Gretchen shenanigans of uh, almost 300 Gretchen and uh, a unit of flash kit. So uh, that list we knew was going to do really well. People hadn't seen it. Once people, I think, start playtesting it and start moving around it, it will be able to, uh, you know, it won't be able to stand up the test of time, we don't believe. But uh, he was able to take some things by storm, as Nick traditionally likes to do. Um, Brad Chester went down the Eldar path and pretty much took one of the tried and true Eldar lists that you saw all over the top tables with uh, uh, 13 vehicles and a single character, three of which were Crimson Hunter, X-Arch Flyers, and then uh, triple Death Fitter, triple uh, Fire Prisms, and then Wave Serpents. Uh, Austin Springfield took the Chaos list with Morty, Triple Flawless, Lord Discordance, and a ridiculous amount of characters and plague bearers. Uh, and I took my uh, 100 Acolyte GSC list with all the characters. And then Kelsey took the list that we've been running almost two or three years in a row now, Pablo. This is three <laughs> Shadow Swords. Fully kitted out to the nails with uh, its 30 heavy bolter shots each, four last cannons each, and then obviously the the under lance of doom. Then it's two Trojans is what makes those uh, shadow swords so powerful because uh, two of the three are going to be re-rolling all hit every turn. So good. Yeah. So, so good. Uh, yeah. And then three astropaths to round up the list, I believe. Yeah. Yep, some random character. So, you know, that's, that's the quick and dirty of the list. Um, 
you know, we did hours and hours of list breakdowns. How do we pair up against this? You know, Jeff, obviously we did your team quite a few times mm-hmm. and uh, Scar, your team. I mean, I bet obviously we didn't get near the 83 teams that were there. Um, but I think we had pretty good numbers on at least 20, 25 of them. Um, so the the main thing for us is pretty much none of the pairings, we got surprised. We pretty much knew within uh, a couple options of, hey, if I don't get it, Brad, you're going to get it. You know, and it, for the most part, went that way. Nice. That's good. That's a, Yeah, and it, it seems like uh, that's a really great way to prepare for team tournaments because that's something that you can do without actually playing the game, but it really, really helps, right? Just go over the repetitions, go over the matchups, um, because that's, you know, it's a real skill. It's something you definitely need to practice and know. Well, it's, what I- it's crazy, too, if you haven't had a chance to uh, do it. Uh, my way of thinking could be completely different than, than Scarlet's way of thinking, than Jeff's way of thinking, right? So when we would do lists, uh, the matchup game, we couldn't just go off of one person. We would have to do it three or four times with three or four different groups um, just to kind of get a good number of what would happen. Yep. What happened in the uh, Austin Wingfield, Sean Naden game? Obviously I have selfish interest there, but <laughs> yeah. So we, we obviously did that matchup a ridiculous amount and going into Saturday night, we knew that we were going to play them. So we just, we started doing our, our numbers and, and looking at it uh, because they had, Sean and uh, Dallas that had the NIDS and GSC. Those are two matchups we didn't want Kelsey to have. But this is what we looked at. <clears throat> and you guys tell me if you like this idea or not. It didn't happen because they actually uh, gave us a juicier target, which was obviously the Night Titans. Um, but we just said, Kelsey, uh, if they give you Sean Naden, you're going to take him. He's the best player in the country, uh, maybe even the world. And he has your bane. He has... Uh, 15 haywire bikes and seven talos with haywire and you guys are like why would you ever do that and we're like if kelsey just goes first he could draw down or potentially minor win or minor loss the best player in the country just because he has the shadow swords that can overwhelmingly pick up talos and pick up these things right so we're like you're that's the game plan it's like you take it off the board for us and then we'll start picking apart the rest of the team because we didn't want him floating around. Uh, we actually didn't want the Sean matchup, uh, the Sean versus Austin matchup. Um, <clears throat> but once they threw out against the Shadow Swords, um, uh, D Woods, which was three gallons of Castella and the, the Rusty 17, and Sean, our, our, our game plan switched. We were like, that's a that's a 40-point win right there. We can't... No. Oh, God, sorry. Oh, no, no. We were just going to say is we can't pass up that matchup, uh, if I mean if Kelsey goes first, it's it's game over. I think the game was actually done in nine or fifteen minutes, uh, just because if I mean if the Castellan somehow wade through all those invulnerable saves, uh, still be alive, then you know he could probably kill a Castellan or so. But man, that thing is just so good. So, but, do, yeah, do, go ahead, do you Pablo. think it was a mistake? Um, or do you think that was a calculated like risk or gambit on their on Sean's part? No, uh, they they talked about it later. Is uh, they didn't think that we were going to throw Kelsey out because of that exact thing. So they led. We assumed that uh, 
they were going to lead with um, with the chaos, but because they wanted to try to do another pairing, they led with Dallas throwing him out, which was one of the matchups we didn't want for Kelsey, and we had already thrown him out as defenders. So they flopped the defenders on us. We didn't think that they were going to throw GSC out or uh, uh, Dallas's knit GSC combo. Um, so when we did that, they didn't want to put night titans up but it was like their third best option because their second best option is now sitting in our hands as a defender so we're looking at what list to attack it but the i i don't you know it's one of those who knows if they go here we go there um i don't get stuck with the one matchup i didn't want which i took uh which was the eldar right the the fire prisms and the flyers and all that stuff and especially the hawks if you didn't have the hawks uh that's kurt klaus one of the most genuine best people in the world um he the eldar doesn't do as good against gse but we're like hey look this is uh not the matchup that we want but we feel better if brad gets uh, the chaos and things like this if i eat this it helps the rest of the matchups but so back jeff back to your point um Austin, we realized with keeping Sean on the board that uh, Sean was either going to get Eldar or um, the Chaos. And we decided to walk into the Chaos matchup with him because there's just a, a good good couple off chance that uh, Mortarion doesn't die. <laughs> and he goes around and kills every Talos, the Lord Discordance, pick up Talos. Um, and the Haywire bikes, you know, if he can just kind of get through some things. But what ended up happening is is um, all his little characters, all the, the Talos, if the Lord Discordance were dead before the Talos uh, could get killed. So the Talos just came in and picked up a handful of Plague Bears at a time. Uh, so all the Haywire, it didn't work out the way that he wanted. Austin still getting, six, I think, 15 or 16 points, I think, was good. But the 15 Haywire bikes and Talos just did put in work on the guys before. Um, the one question we had, and I actually don't know the answer. I don't know how Morty died because that was the one thing. Um, we didn't know how Sean was going to be able to do it. I know Sean loves witches and witches go through plague bears as well. Um, but that's why Sean wins with some of the craziest lists sometimes because <laughs> he makes models do things that uh, we don't think that they can do. Now, that that was a lot to take in. Uh, for those of you who were trying to take notes, I would maybe take a second to rewind, listen to that entire uh, juice segment again, because there was a lot of good team stuff in there that he kind of just threw in there. Um, so I want to back up a little bit. I want to go to uh, Jeff now. Um, and the reason why is because Jeff, Austin is essentially running, I, I don't know, you know, he wrote verbatim. It. Was it the same list? He wrote it. He wrote it. Okay, well then Austin wrote the list. Um, so Austin's running the list, wrote the list, and ran the list at ATC that you're going to be running at ETC. Um, so was that something that you were looking at throughout the whole tournament and kind of to asking him how it performed, how it did well, or were you kind of more focused on the tournament? And, of course, uh, talk a little bit about uh, Team Zero Comp. How, how were you guys feeling? Uh, you guys got the early win um, day one, and how are you guys feeling going into the, the ATC event? Uh, no, so it's ITC format, which is very different from ETC, hmm. and Austin has been running this list for several months, actually. He's, he's the architect of it. 
been running a lot of tournaments. So I've asked some questions and talked to him about it. But at this tournament in particular, I was not hiding in a bush just behind Austin Wingfield, like <laughs> sniffing his ass. Be like, what'd you do this time, buddy? I'm like, no, it's that's not how it is. Uh, and our list went a little bit different directions too. Um, we have a few few different uh, parts of it, which is minor, but uh, at the end of the day, kind of big. Like I take he take he puts the warlord on one of the lord discordants to try and go for the mega wamo combo against imperial, and then I do into our epitome for extra movement and flawless gem for free and stuff like that. And he does brimstones. I do nurglings. My sorcerer's got a jump pack. Just little stuff like that. Um, but as far as like Team Zero Combat at ATC it was a very fun. Sorry, had to tell my dog to stop eating his paw, and then uh, I wouldn't call it frustrating, but a little bit sad because we had three ties, but on all three of those ties, we won three games to two, and we're up like nine, ten, or eleven points or something like that. But it counts as a tie. And it counts as a tie because they mimic the ETC format. Um, it's like the best answer you'll get out of them. You get like four different answers, but this is one of them. And in the ETC format, it's eight pairings. So a close tie like that makes more sense. Whereas in a five man pairing, it happens a lot more frequently, which is what ended up happening at the tournament. There was an absolute metric shit ton of ties. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's not like we come away from this and be like, this is terrible. I hate it forever. It's not like that, but it just kind of sucks winning three out of, you know, five and, and doing really well, but it's a tie and it's just, it just doesn't have that feel. Um, so at the end of the day, we ended up not winning as big as we should have. And, uh, we were like three, zero and three is our final score, which is this really weird, you know, we placed ninth, which is cool. It's respectable, but we were trying to be in it to win it and play some of these amazing teams like the wobbly gentlemen and, um, the Florida, what was their team name? Like just the Florida Hex or something like that. It's bro hammer, but, uh, the Florida men. The Florida men. Yeah. There you go. We would have liked that. We got stuck in murky town with Beast Coast. Those dirty boobs. <laughs> I think you played two or three of the Beast Coast teams, didn't you? Who? Yeah. <laughs> you played Phil Rodokankis. Rodonkis. 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 Rodonkulus, yeah. Rodonkulus. I think uh, out of the entire field, uh, Brohammer and was it Beast Coast had like like... 20 teams between them yeah they were the half the field yeah it was nuts Mm -hmm. which is cool team spirit and all that um yeah we i mean we got we we played really cool opponents and one of the things it's only my second atc but i have not faced someone i I did not like a lot they're just really nice people it's really cool again going into this i said the same thing but it is predominantly southern so you get a lot of you know there's west coast guys there scary came down from uh, canada and you know the people came up from florida stuff like that but which I guess is like the truest South, but it's just a fun atmosphere because for us Californians, we don't get to see those guys as much and they're really polite, really kind, really nice. And they play a different brand of, of Warhammer for the most part. And like I said, two years now for me and three years for most of our team, um, the ATC has always just delivered on great games, really nice teams. And even when like the dice crap out and you're having a bad experience in gameplay wise, you're playing against someone really nice and it's a, a fun atmosphere. and It's really cool. So it's just a great, great time. Uh, but I guess if you want to ask about individual games, I did get to play Phil, and it was one of the hardest beatings I've ever given someone. Um, but the true story from this, the the actual legendary moment, was Phil's second tank was blowing up, I think, in the first shooting phase. 
and he exact he like was shocked by it or something and i was kind of laughing and he a single goblet of spit flung from his mouth across the table and landed directly inside my open mouth and he saw it and i ate it obviously and kind of looked at phil and i was like phil you just spat in my mouth and he's like he was mortified of course that's why i'm telling the story in this podcast right now <laughs> um but that's a moment that I'll treasure treasure for the rest of my life. You I got rhododonculist. Yeah, it's like it's like Phil's wife, and then maybe some girl in middle school, you know, in Greece or wherever he went, and then me. We're the ones that have swapped spit with Phil, and it's just this weird uh, pact we all have now to keep his secrets. What happens at ATC stays at ATC. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy that you had to fly all the way to Tennessee for it, right? <laughs> you know, I think that makes it that much more special. I've seen yeah. Phil. I see Phil at Nova all the time, and he's at LVO. Great guy, love him. But now we've we swapped. Uh, not even swapped. That's the thing. It's it's just his. So I can't say we've swapped. It's just been a donation from him. Well, <laughs> um, uh, moving on. Uh, so I I kind of want to talk about this Beast Coast matchup before we go to Scary because it was streamed. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I know a lot of people have kind of had their eyes on it because obviously you've got Jeff Robinson, Nick Nottavati, Werner Bourne, Tony Kopak, Frankie Giampapa, the, you know, really good roster here. Um, I didn't get to see the pairings, yeah. um, but what were, what were you going in? What was your mentality going into this? Um, cause I, I think, I, I don't, I don't know disrespect to the teams before, but, um, I think this is probably your first real big, like MVP hard hitting matchup, um, for the tournament for you guys. Um, yeah, so at least guys, certainly by name recognition, they're a very famous yeah. team. Um, I can't remember exactly the way the pairings went down, but our boy Junior got Nick Nottavati, um with that Hawk Shroud, Valiant, and three Knights, and a bunch of guards. When he had two Wyverns and the Emperor's Fist attachments, so he can put out a lot of shots. We thought that was pretty good. But Nick Nottavati, like the nice thing about this matchup is it had everything you'd imagine. Nick Nottavati, like waddles into this, like the little dirt gremlin that he is, and it's just like this weird. He's, like, ultimately confident. I guess he explained to Junior after the game that Junior was never going to win anyways, so he shouldn't feel bad, which is just an incredible Nick Donavati moment there anyways. Um, he means no disrespect, by the way. That's, like, literally the way he talks and thinks. But he with 30... No. 29 uh, to 15. No, not what I was saying. With 59 no. hand flamers, or maybe 51, he old grudges the Knight Valiant and does so many wounds that Junior fails... 20 saves on his Knight Valiant through Hand Flamers. Oh. So if that's not brown magic, I don't know what to tell you. Wow. And then he proceeds to... Yeah, he just gets absolutely murdered by by Nick from there on. Uh, Nick's just one of the absolute best and played fantastically well. It was a good matchup, we thought, for us. But but again, Nick's just... You know, he goes into some of these matchups just comes out a dominant winner. And then James Carmona plays against, played against Tony Kopak with his list from 2017. And it's 100 points down from then, but it's Tony Kopak in a onesie. So he's uh, still very, very good, obviously. And I guess a few key charges were failed on James' part. James is running, I think it's like 76 Plague Bearers or, or 82 or something like that. It's like, it's three big groups. And then infinite characters behind it. So I thought it would be pretty okay, especially if he could get into the Guardsmen and start rapping and the minuses and all that. And the Castellan doesn't have any really good targets, so it should have been pretty okay. And then there's no Wyvern. I think there's a Wyvern or something in that. Mm -hmm. uh, but Tony Kopak does what Tony Kopak does and doesn't laugh. Things sees things in zeros and ones, and then won the match. Pretty pretty dominant there as well. Um, 
my custody amalgamation played against Werner, who took his ETC list of Necrons. And this was a atomic wedgie um, with your head in the toilet, and then both my thumbs licked inside of his ears type of, type of thing. He actually avoided being tabled by both his cryptic and the thunder dude, Emotech, dying, but then Emotech coming back on a 4+. plus. <laughs> Which was a moment where I had some questions. I was like, aren't you tabled? And he's like, not really, I guess. And he came back from the dead. Um, but it was just bad for Warner. I went first, blew up one of the croissants first thing. And then Shield Captain jumped on one of the Doomsday arcs and like threw some other small fire, killed that. And everything that just showed up just got shot down to, to crap. Um, so that was kind of rough. And then Frankie played against Luke on that yep. team and I have to say this is the second time we've had the Frankie versus Luke matchup the first time was in a 7th edition Bark Star versus Triple Storm Surge and I remember this because I we finished and I walk over there and it was the quietest game of Warhammer I've ever seen in my life it was like if you can imagine a retirement home game where two guys have known each other for 60 years are playing Frankie's sitting there, Luke's sitting there, they're not really saying much Storm Surge is trying to stomp dogs out, dogs are just slowly dying but nothing matters because they're sitting on everything. It's the, it's the one of the worst games of 40k ever played in the history of mankind. Then you go to this one, and this is seven Eldar Flyers or something like that against Gene Circle. So a much more interesting competitive list. But again, the two of them are quiet, just kind of like politely gesticulating at each other to signify that something has died or they need to do something. They're just kind of talking and mumbles back and forth. They are both like old souls, quiet, polite people, but when they play their pulse sinks to like levels where you'd think they're dead. You're just like, these, <laughs> these two guys are dead. Um, but I think Frankie won by like, I think he won that one by one or two points. Yeah, he squeaked out a win at two yeah, points. Yeah, a very small win. And then last but not least was Ray uh, giving it to the third Tau of days of Saturday. He played three Tau players, and this was Brad Nichols, I believe, and... Brad Nichols in typical, like, Brad Nichols fashion, like, very East Coast talking guy. He's like, oh, yeah, had it gone first, it would have been a closer match. I had I had him on the ropes. But, I, you know, he sees them. I mean, what are you going to do? And he, he just, like, lost too much or whatever. And the, if you can – everybody just sink that in, that accent. And uh, he was dressed in a gas station solo cup. Yep. That's what, that's <laughs> what his onesie looked like. The 1977 uh, Big Gulp from a – Yeah, they look like a synth band or something like that. Yeah. We love playing. They're really nice guys, and again, they're all like some of the most legendary players in Warhammer, so it's just straight up great Warhammer, and it was great. Um, and we won that. We won three games out of the five, but we didn't win hard enough, so we tied. Yeah, yeah, that was a, it was a bit of a bummer. Um, it looked like it was very, 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 very fun matchups. Um, <clears throat> moving on to Skari. So, Skari, you... Uh, were not originally a part of this team uh, when the ATC was first announced. Uh, were you planning on even attending the ATC with another team, and did they back out? And I how last? I was not. No. Okay. How last minute was this decision to put you on the team? Uh so it was about three weeks or four weeks before the ATC. And Paul Murphy and the Forge Narrative crew kind of reached out and was like, "Hey, we had a drop on our team. Would you like to come down to play at the ATC?" And uh, so I jumped on the opportunity to, to come down and be a part of the Wrong Way Kids. Shout out to the guys. It was a very, very fun experience. Went down and uh, had uh, six really fun games. So, 
Right on. So when you showed up, uh, talk me through, you know, kind of how the wrong way kids, how, how what they were thinking, what were mindsets, um, any matchups you guys had, you know, had your eye on in terms of lists. Um, just did, you know, give you kind of your first impressions. So the we had a lot more uh, lists that were kind of geared towards a variety of different matchups instead of like skewed lists. The, the, um, and so based on uh, we we had a good idea of like our first our first drop based on like the different matchups and pairings that we had on our opponents' lists, and then from there we had a very clear understanding of which uh, which list we wanted to put down um, after we saw their first drop essentially. So we put our list down that we wanted to kind of attack with, and that or defend with. Sorry, they put a list down leaving four lists, and then from there you could kind of. Uh, make make assertions of what they'd be putting down next. So we were we were pretty on point with how the matchups were going to turn out at the end of the day. Okay. Um. So your first two games, uh, your first two games were obviously losses. Um. So, you, you know, your first game, uh, I didn't, I, I don't know much about the people you played. Um. But it looks like you just lost, and then obviously coming off a loss round one, you get you run into Beast Coast. Uh, with Andrew Gagno, Matt Chuckman, uh, Tyler DeVries, just, you know, just a, a really butt kicking. The chaperones, sir. The chaperones. The chaperones excuse me. The, As the in Beast like Coast one of the one of the many many Beast Coast teams. <laughs> um, <laughs> however, yes, that was that was actually a very very tight game. Like they they took the win by I believe one or two points. Oh wow! Which means it was very close to being a draw, and I got to play Gagno, so that was a very very fun game. Um, which was like, I've always, you know, it's nice to, to play against people who've been on the competitive scene for a while. And you just really kind of have one of those very mind busting, like very tactical games. And, uh, uh, but the, yeah, but at the end of the day, the, 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 uh, the, the team fell short just by a few points there. Okay. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the, that matchup pairing then, um, where you, you got given Ganyo last. Right, unless I, yes. I don't know, I don't know if this if the pairings. So, do the pairings on BCP match how you're paired? I'm not of... sure. However, I believe we both ended up being champions, so we both ended up facing off against each other uh, towards the end of the pairings. And uh, and yes, it was he was running three Caladiuses, uh, tank commander, like loyal thirty two, and uh, a really really cool sisters of battle. Vanguard detachment, uh, sorry, Outrider detachment with 30 Seraphim, mm -hmm. uh, Celestine, and a Canonus to give them a three up and vulnerable save bubble. So it was, yeah, that was that was an intense game. No, that game actually, so if you want for, for the viewer, the listeners, um, just go over briefly your Dark Eldar list, but that sounds on paper at least like it's a really close game that his list sounds like it could easily beat yours on any other given day. Um, but you managed to pull out the win 32 to 24. I did, yeah. It was um, his the Caladius. Like I was running, I was running the ITC, like the list I ran all of last year in the ITC, which is my grotesque unit, two big units of Talos, uh, two big units of Rax and a small unit of Rax, two flyers, and then three Ravagers and an Archon, Urien and a Homunculus. So it's a very straightforward Coven list that has tools for a variety of different scenarios. With the new secondaries, it does bleed secondaries quite easily, uh, giving up. Uh, big game hunter and gangbusters pretty st like st steadily so i had to had to definitely play a little differently than i would have hoped however 
I was able to use some of the large, like some of the terrain to my advantage to hide some of my ravages, even though I did lose um, like my flies pretty quickly uh, because those Caladiuses just murder everything. And what happened is Gonyo decided to, because uh, I kind of rushed the center of the table with my Talos and my Grotesques, he sort of pulled back uh, into a corner and I was able to really kind of zone out the board and it became a big board control element. By splitting his army in two, I was able to kind of destroy one like part of his army that had the tank commander in it and stuff like that while hemming all the sisters and the Caladiuses in another corner. And then by the time he, he, did, he had a choice to jump at me, or stay back for one more turn. He decided to stay back for one more turn. So instead of running at him, I pulled back and I got a five point turn that turn because I held oh, more, wow. I got bonus, I killed more that turn. And it just forced him on the defense on the offensive. So he had to jump out at me. By the time he jumped out at the Talus and the Grotesque, he just didn't have enough to really come back into the game. Nice. Well played. Um so what, who did the pairings for for your team for the wrong way kids so uh we we basically looked through the list and it was like paul that would put out the the, the matchups but we we it was more of like a team discussion before every round like and right. during the matchup system yeah okay so that's actually an interesting question for uh juice and jeff what are your philosophies for for uh picking out teams and kind of matchup pairings um was it just one person or was it kind of like a committee thing like what the wrong way kids did well so the first thing that we do when the round is paired is you go through the list you hand them and uh uh rose would actually fulfill this role if, if austin wasn't doing it as we're calling out list is we write all five lists down uh, a quick summary uh, if it's uh, the list like Scar was saying, Ganyo ran, as we would say, uh, Triple Cladius, 30 Seraphim, and keep it moving, right? <clears throat> Excuse me, guys, if y'all don't know, I've, I lose my voice every con, and it's just now trying to come back because I spend uh, 12 hours a day talking to everybody and anybody. So um, sorry if I'm if I'm coughing or hacking a little bit. But um, so what we do is once we get that list compiled real quick, we will go through and say – not who wants to play what, who doesn't want to play what. And we'll put our names next to lists. And anybody who has just one thing that they don't want to play, that's the is a good candidate to be a throwout one or th uh, one or two, right? Um, but nine times out of ten, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was, uh, I think it went five out of six times. Uh, Kelsey Haley with the triple shadow swords was our first throwout almost like clockwork uh he gets to pick the desert whether most teams don't realize uh most teams will realize say hey the shadow swords want to fight in the desert right because how uh atc's terrain is out of the five tables one will be planet bowling ball one will be hive city one and then three medium tables so what we do is we've created a list that will try to take advantage of the desert where a lot of people will throw a list out that potentially would want heavy terrain and they'll jump on that first. So we go the opposite end of the route um, and then just kind of goes back and forth on 
who had the most amount of people on there that said, I don't want to fight those lists, you know, and the good thing is, again, I'm sure the other two guys would agree when you're on a really good team, nobody's complaining about parents. If you get kicked in the teeth, you get kicked in the teeth, you know, you, you fight for all your points. I've been a part of some teams some years where it wasn't like that. And, uh, it's really, it's, it's nice that with these guys, um, you know, it's everybody just takes their takes their wins and losses. Right on. Yeah, good question, Paula. I think ours ours is a similar process. We link arms, sit cross legged, kind of across from each other, and then we elevate to the spiritual plane. And there's kind of this white light that follows around us as we are hovering above the rest of the unwashed masses, and just kind of deciding as a conclave what kind of matchups we want to go through. Uh, but with me having the apex brain, I try to not dominate too much. <laughs> Sorry, I heard one of you guys laughing. It broke my concentration there for a second. But um, similar process in that we more go through it as a like who doesn't who has a really bad matchup. We also pre-plan who we're going to defend with. Um, it's not a hard. This is who's going to defend, but we know uh, our team is more like less skewy and more just all comers list, which meant that there were some really bad matchups in just about every draw. And it kind of became this like either through defending or attacking, how do we avoid that person getting their worst matchup? We were pretty successful at that for the most part, but James definitely did play against a guy with six centurions with all DACA in a land raider. No. Oh. And uh, he had a bad time. He had a real bad time. And we were we kind of looked at the list because it's really weird. I had like two onagers with neutron lasers and like some destroyers and stuff were like, what the hell is this? Just give him the chaos. And then he's like, he had six centurions. We're like, oh, I'm sorry, James. Yeah, James got destroyed. Oh, no. Did Gilliman too? Yeah, of course. Oh, man, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so do you think that James was thrown out? Or, or did everyone kind of take the mantle of Defender? Or um, was there <laughs> one person who took it more than others? Um, One of the cooler moves was my list is not a particularly good Defender list, but we threw me out against... Who was that? I think that actually was Beast Coast because it was because I didn't have any super great matchups except for probably the Necrons, but we knew that it would it'd be unexpected and it would throw them off, and we were correct on that. Uh, we found out later, which was cool. But yeah, otherwise, it kind of depended on the team. Like we were really we our our team had some weakness to like the Orc list unless our Eldar Flyer Ray got to get uh, up against them or something like that, and then. Um, you know, just some of those meta lists were kind of hard for us, so we just tried our best to w work around that. I think everyone ended up defending except for... I don't know that we ever defended... Oh, no, we defended actually... Yeah, I think, I think everyone defended at one point or another. So, Jeff, you'll love this. Round one, we go, and I can't... How the pairings worked out, I, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure we still led with Austin, but it must have been... It was either... I actually think we pushed with the Grotz, the very first matchup. We we didn't actually leave with the, the Castell or the um, Bane Blades, right? So we threw the Orc out. And there is a uh, Eldar list that has okay kind of firepower and access to Vect, right? Well, Nick Rose is just dead set. I don't want to play Vect. I don't want to play Vect. And we're like, Rose doesn't doesn't have any bullets, man. Your only <laughs> other option is Bobby G and five pulsers. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> and he and we had agreed. He walked up to the table. You're right. You're going to take the Eldar. He's got a couple planes. It's fine. I'm talking about last second. He looks at us and says, 
I don't want the vect. I don't want the vect. And we're like, we're getting ready to put lists down. This is 8 a.m. or excuse me, this is yeah. 12 o'clock Friday, right before, you know, round one. And we're like, what is happening? Is, is it falling all apart right now? Did Rose lose his ever loving mind, you know, with 300 yeah. Gretchen? He's actually wants the army that could actually table him with enough shots. Um, so either way, we're like, all right, Rose, we trust you. You said you got your match. You've gotten your games in. Um, and, uh, here he goes and he doesn't go first. Mm. Okay. And we're like, oh, all of us has got to pick up the site cause he's getting ready to get it. And, uh, an hour and 25 minutes later, I look down there and I'm like, where, where are there? there's, I only see two repulsors. Yeah. Why is there 1 million Gretchen? And sure enough, that man put up like 30 points against Bobby G and five repulsors. How, how on God's green earth do so, 300 Gretchen, Kill five. Yeah, so he's got the the shock attack gun. He also has a uh, a gem in Thraka and the um, relic claw, where mm. they can just almost freely walk up the board, right, and punch something in the face. And what happens is, is for these guys, to, for the repulsors to get all their ridiculous amount of shots, is they do have to be within twenty four inches to get their mm-hmm. full thirty six or whatever amount of shots. Or eighteen it is even actually. I love yeah. 18 you're right. So what happens is, is now Thraka and some of these guys can move in advance and charge. And then he uses these flash kits uh, that come down and, uh, you know, pick up something. I don't even know. No one can ask me what a flash kit does. I don't know. <laughs> but but somehow, every time I talk to Rose, I'm like, how'd your game go? He's like, mm, flash kits killed everything. And I'm like, I, they're not well, Ludas. Free Ludas, they hit on threes, I think it is, after they kill something. Then they get more DAC on fives and sixes. And they're two damage shots, strength five, I think it is, minus one or two. Three shots flat is the nice thing from them, so they, there's no variance there. Yeah, and they get reroll ones to hit thanks to the uh, captain guy as well. There you go. Oh, wow. So it's just a good damage output unit. Good, just putting it lightly. All right. Do you think we'll start seeing more 300 grot lists in the future, Juice? Or is this kind of an outlier? Nah, this is, uh, I think this will be it. I, I truly believe that uh, where even GSC are, is having uh, struggles a little bit where people are learning to play against them, that's one thing. But if you're telling me people will figure out how to skate, uh, skate around the characters a little bit um, and then realize what his list does, I, I don't think this this will be a thing. Okay. We'll we'll see though. Now and uh, he was on a clock almost every game, and that man finished. So that's that's Good a feat in itself. Good on him. That is oh. definitely impressive, considering that's like three hundred grot models. I love that that you did the math in order to make sure that he could fit them in the deployment zone. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So this is kind of an open question to uh, the panel here. Um, that's what were some meta lists that that everyone that you had your eye on that you knew you would see practically every game, um, and then talk about your basic strategy to deal with that meta list. Um, and then were there any boogeymen, any lists that you definitely did not want to see um, that you're willing to just throw someone to the wolves at? It sounds like probably no, but um, just kind of an open question to all of you. Uh, almost every team had the orc player. Um... No one's caught up to Nick yet with the, that craziness, but it's more like a bunch of boys, Ludas, Shock Attack Gun, and then, you know, all the characters and stuff. A lot of Tau. We're seeing more and more Tau. 
or the Dirty South likes more anime Gundams than they're ever going to want to admit. Um, <laughs> but there was some funny kind of plays on that. Like, there was some ghost kills. There was some crisis suits. Uh, there was more iterations on that, I think, is, I guess, what I'm getting at, which is nice. And then, like, Richard Siegler on the, the, the Florida team was destroying people with his triple riptide and infinity drones. Um, there was a lot more Gene Seal Cult, which was cool. Actually, Frankie-inspired some of these guys out there. Um, you know, 30 or 45 of the, the Atlan Jackal bikes. And then, of course, Nick Nanavati inspired people with two or three aberrant bombs. A lot of acolytes from the Jew school of thought. Um, but it was cool seeing a lot of Gene Circle because, again, they're they're just so different from everything else. So that was really fun and great. Eldar players seem to have kind of cowered in their corners and... <laughs> rubbed each other's shoulders just enough that they all came up with the same idea, which is just as many Eldar Flyers as you possibly can. And then every time it lost, of course, that was just the saddest moment they ever had, but they were able to scrounge together some wins, which was nice. And it was fun seeing some of the uses of knights as well. Um, like I said, Tony Kopak took like the took the Castellan, but I think it was one of like six Castellans in the building or something like that. It's it's that bad. Yeah, it wasn't very many at all. Not very many. Um, a lot more Admech, too, is, is kind of on the rise. Always, of course, is like a support faction, but I think that's fine. I saw a lot of Admech, personally. Yeah. Especially those Electro Priests and Drills. Yep. They were they were everywhere. Yeah, my I want to shout out, go ahead, go shout ahead. out my man uh, Damien there from the uh, Abusement Park. One of the guys from the North Carolina East Coast area. And his Admech style, you know, of... Uh, Catafron destroyers and the robots. Those, those for for anybody who hadn't played against six uh, Castellan or Castellan, whatever you want to call them. Thank you, GW, for naming everything the same, yeah. just with a different C or a K. Um, but whatever those robots are, when they plant their feet and their their death blossom attack for five C is unbelievable. Um, and everybody just thinks that because uh, Admech is just Grya or Ryza, but when those guys are Mars. Yeah. And call is standing around. It is an absolute murder fest. Yep. Yeah. Full rerolls, not just full misses, but full. The full original rerolls, full rerolls, yeah. Oh, Especially yeah. at that tournament where most of the tables, the the cover is pretty, not much. Um, but yeah, my one loss was to an Admic player. Uh, he did find a way to ally into Leviathan Dreadnoughts, so it's it wasn't pure Admic or hardcore listeners that are disappointed to hear that. <laughs> it's always good to check what uh, chapter the uh, dreadnoughts are. I Raven. Played an, I played an Raven entire Guard. game thinking they were ultramarines, only to find out they were Raven, yeah. which meant that I should have read the army list. That's just a thing you should, uh, you know, make sure you do, folks. Did that also mean you weren't minus one shooting at them. Correct? No, no, no. I I was minus one, but I I was playing keep away, right, so that he wouldn't shoot me instead of trying to tag him because I thought they were ultramarines. <laughs> so it's a very different different style of gameplay anyway yeah that's a lesson learned that you don't make a mistake again after after that i also this is a this is not related but just a happy announcement for everyone i came away from this tournament i took all four assassins in execution force which is a really funny experience by the way because they're absolute heroes, so when you have four of them, just like straight up math, a couple are going to shine, like there's no tomorrow, but a couple are going to shit the bed every mm -hmm. single time. And of course, you remember the one, the shitters, you don't remember the, the ones that excel. Uh, but as luck would have it, it was my Vindicare, who in this entire tournament, I'm not exaggerating, 
I don't have the exact number, but I think he killed upwards of three models, but it could have actually been two. So I've since then nicknamed him the Pacifist. Um, <laughs> and, and I don't know that he'll ever be in another list again because I'm just shocked. But there's just such funny up and downs because like, while he's absolutely terrible in my games, the Kalidus got charged by a Disco Lord, survived, and then killed him. Uh, he had like three wounds off, so not like a full Disco Lord, but nine wounds or whatever. Just killed him. <laughs> Demon Prince of Corn comes waddling over, deflects that, kills him as well. And the Kalidus? We yeah. We were just like, what just happened? Like, like, there the you hero. go, Jeff. Here's your 2CP. <laughs> yeah. The hero of the Imperium needs. Oh, man. I don't I don't get it, Jeff. My, my Kalidus assassin consistently fails a 4-inch charge, dies, charges an ethereal, dies. Yeah. You know, well, the CP usually I find helps, the Kalidus but... to be like the most useful of all the assassins. She's great. To be, to yeah, she she theoretically on paper should be. I, Mine isn't. Mine hasn't gotten that memo yet. I, I like it. My my favorite's the Epsor, but that's just my playstyle too. But he's great. It, yeah, Epsor's good. Guys, look out for the ETC list because uh, everybody across all the ponds yes. believe in uh, Death Watch and seven to nine assassins. I know. I can't. <laughs> there is. Yeah, there's so many lists that we've looked at where there's uh, seven assassins, five assassins uh, on, a, on a team. So I thought that was kind of shocking, but I actually had the pleasure of playing against uh, five uh, or excuse me, three tank commanders with battle cannons, two regular Lehman Russ battle cannon tanks, 100 catachins and five. Uh, Assassins 3 being Evisaurus, and my man Jacob took it to me um, in a, a <laughs> European a European test game weekend. That's the list. I was like, I feel like this is a very – he brought it. He's actually going to take that to Nova. We talked about it. I was like, I feel like the Europeans would run something just like that, so let's play. And against GSC, Jeff, you can imagine oh, yeah. an uphill fight. Mm. I can't – that's insane. The catch hands alone are a, a hard equation. Yes. Yeah. So that's cool. That was a seamless transition juice into the second part of our episode, ETC Talk. You know, it's almost like you've done this before. One more story, Papa. To break oh, one your more story. Jeff's transition. got one more story before we go on. I'm famous for this. People like this. So they want to hear the story. And it was one of it, it was one of the hardest I've laughed in private, politely after the game, of course. Um, but I played against a guy that had two Disco Lords, Slanesh bikes, a whole bunch of stuff, a bunch of princes. But the the key moment in that game, and people will know where this is going, he threw a disc alert out there, gets to be about two inches away from my Caladius, and, uh, you know, three or four inches away from Valdor and stuff like that. Says, I'm going to charge you. I say, okay. Tangle foot him for six. <laughs> he says, I'm targeting the Caladius. I'm targeting Valdor. And this is not, I'm not a sneaky Pete. I, I told him what was going on. He's like, okay. So he's at minus eight. He rolled a seven on the charge. Two inches away from the Caladius, fails to charge. And that was bad. And, you know, I was like, oh, geez. And, of course, I kill that Disc Lord. Next one. Next turn. Slides over two inches away from the Caladius and Valdor. He says, well, now i got to do it, right? And I was like, I don't think you do. I was like, just don't target the Caladius. Just go after Valdor. And it's, it's not minus two. And he's like, nah, man. It's right there. i got to do it. <laughs> so Tangle put him for five. Targets the Caladius. Targets Valdor. Minus two. So it's minus seven. Rolls five or something like that. Fails again. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it turns out that combo is pretty darn good. Uh, and he, the, my favorite part about this, it's not going to be as funny to Juice, and maybe you take offense, I, I hope I don't, 
there's like someone in Texas will be really mad about this, but I, I'm just a connoisseur of sounds that people make and, and just the moments it happens. And he was just like, hot damn, I'm, I failed it again. <laughs> Jeff, I, like, I, I need to tell you that I was sipping my beer and I knew right when you said I might take offense to it, I had to mute because I started laughing. I assumed what was coming up. <laughs> Dude, there is so, and this is one of my favorite parts too. It's just like a it's just different culture. We don't have that as much in California, but Junior is playing this really nice guy on the table next to me, who his thing when he rolled his dice is he'd say Stonewall. He goes Stonewall, and then if he kills him, he'd be like he gone. And it, I think he had a wad of tobacco in the whole time too. He's a really nice guy, former military. It was a great game, so he's not meaning any offense. But at one point, he's like Stonewall, and Junior kind of looks at him and he goes, "Now that's not Stonewall, Steve Jackson. Okay, he's dead." It's somebody else. And we're like, <laughs> Every time he kills oh. something, though, he gone. <laughs> it's the best. Uh, that's awesome. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> so speaking of interesting characters, etc. A lot of a lot of interesting folk out there across all the ponds. Uh, I want to kind of go to Scary first, um, being the only non-American. You're representing the Canadians, um, so. Why don't you tell everyone a little about a little bit about uh, the Canadian team? Um, you, you know, what do you guys? How obviously you guys plan on winning the whole thing? Um, but what do you guys plan on winning with? Uh, what are what are some teams that you're looking out towards? Or looking out to beat? Um, what do you think from your perspective? What who are you the playing teams first round? Beat? Oh, and also who uh, are you playing first round? We got grudged by Turkey, actually. Wow, Turkey. Yeah. We let them know that you know we're we're. Uh, more of a serious team this year but they were like let's do it we want to play against you canadians so i was like okay fine um other than that it's uh i just have to put my mounty hat on here to get into character hold on a second please do uh, uh, um uh, maple syrup okay so uh we're, we're you know we have a really really fun team this year i feel like uh this year's selection process and the kind of way that, that the team was kind of built really maze it makes it a team yeah sorry that's um, all great but talk to us about tj lanigan versus jim vessel i want to hear about this drama you son of a bitch <laughs> drama it was all very amicable um so uh, jim jim originally jim vessel was originally uh, meant to be on the team you know he had uh uh there were a couple of like situations that arose uh means that jim kind of stepped down from the position Oh my God. And and you can kind of reach out to him, of course, but it wasn't like anything bad or anything like that. And uh, so TJ Lanigan was on the team. He is going to be playing his his brand of demons, and all the lists, of course, are up there, so you guys know how that works. So check them out on the linked list thing. And uh, yeah, we we're there's some of the some of the things we're looking out for. There was this really cool statistics thing out of the ETC um, page where they listed like how many of each different unit is present at the ETC team event. There's like 2,000 Plague Bearers huh. and, uh, you That's know, it. like, like 1,000 Zangors and, <laughs> you know... Katachian uh, Guardsmen, a lot of those boys. Lots of Katachian Guardsmen, like 60 tank commanders. And, you know, they, it was really cool to see these, like, stats come out. So, uh, and there seems to be some very, uh, like, you can see lists that are very similar uh like the uh like the uh disco lords are very popular and of course you don't get to pair it with like the um 
the like Derrideo Dreadnoughts, which is something that we saw a lot at ATC. Like Disco Lords with the Derrideo Dreadnoughts was like huge. But uh, you do see them with like the uh, the Morty style list as well. Wow! So that subtle shader there, by the way, guys. That was a quiet shade. <laughs> it's Canadian shade, if you will. There's like four Mortarians at the whole tournament, you boob. Hey, well then you have one of them. Okay, That's right. just saying. <laughs> I'm a special snowflake, damn it. You are. You are. You are very special. Yeah. That we can agree on. Pablo, I want you to know that if you ask me uh, how Team America feels, I'm going to let you know that. Uh, we did not bring a chuckling bunch. We brought a bunch of heavy-handed, pipe-wielding 40K <laughs> players that are going to take Europe by storm. Stonewall. Uh, again. He gone. He gone. He gone. <laughs> uh, so, so real quick, uh, Juice, before before we go on to America, um, Scary Canadian, the, the Canadian's perspective, um, who is the team to beat? Um, and who are some of the teams that you that you all definitely want to play and know you have to keep an extra eye on? Um, well, the Germans are always a big team. Uh, for example, uh, France has a very, very strong team. You, you can't discount England since they have the best American player on there. Hey! <laughs> Finally! Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> that was solid. I like that. Yeah. Finally, wakes up. There you go. Well, you know how it is. Uh, but yeah, no, the like, of course, you guys, um, like your guys' team is definitely one of the ones you have to look out for being uh, being defending champions coming back to defend the title. So, but uh, the the goal the goal is to come there and compete, and to to really start taking the ETC more seriously. So it's you know the Swedes and the the guys from Denmark and even the the Polish team. They're always. They're always like really, really strong teams. So there's no the thing about ETC is there's not really like there's a few like teams that you know go there and and they they're not as developed as teams. You know like um, I love the Argentinian team for example, but it's definitely people who can afford to go to the ETC more than like like the best players of the country. I would assume, hmm. um, and and. Yeah, you know, but even then, it's there are no slouches. Like everybody who's going to the ETC are people who compete and know the game, and and you play like you play hard when you're there, and you can't take anything for granted. If there's one thing to take from the ETC is you will be humbled at some point by something. So you can't just go in there, like pretending like you're gonna like know everything. Unless you're Sean Naden, but oh, then no, you no. won't get any information out of him at all. So it's fine. True. You'll never know that. <laughs> well, you'll know how good he is. That's okay. right. All right. Anyways, um, so Juice and Jeff, yeah, uh, we you know we've been hyping up the the CTC team for for a year now, almost a year. Um, you there you drastically changed the team up. Um, I, I don't know about drastically. You definitely changed the team up a lot. Um, what was what's the mentality going into this? I know uh, Juice said that you guys are serious. You guys want to compete, um, so kind of give everyone, all the Americans listening, uh, you know, hoorah, pep rally, we're going to win, we're going to dominate speech. Well, so, so the one thing, Jeff, if you don't mind, I'll oh, say yeah. a couple of things. Um, the one thing I'll say first is there is eight individuals and that are going to be playing and our coach, Adam, that are willing to do whatever it takes. If Nick Rose has got to get a little back 
before the round and we say, Nick, I need you to sit here and don't get tabled. I know this is the worst matchup for you. That's what he's going to go do. Right. Where um, not to say anything about any teams previous or anything, but we we have uh, an idea in mind. And I think ATC just proved a lot of it of people's mentalities, what uh, how the lists are actually going to perform, what our ideas for that is. Um, and I mean, I, I can only imagine that every team in every country has got people like this, but the amount of hours that uh, some of our guys are putting in on um, trying to figure out formulas and list pairings and not even necessarily, um, and I'll even quote uh, one of the oldest 40K players in the history of ever, uh, Brad Chester, is yeah, not even yeah is that it, the phrase and he keeps saying it all the time is it doesn't when we do matchups it's not necessarily about getting the best matchup it's about not getting the worst so there's no when we're going back and forth you know it's not about while we're doing it right now it's not about how do we get the best matchups it's how do we not allow two bad matchups on the you know our seventh and eighth lists so i mean i and also i think seriousness and how we're coming about it of where you know we're going across this as a absolute uh it's a goal to do something setting out and i know jeff i've heard you speak about this a lot to where even you know myself and other people will go out and drinking and do things is where that's not kind of your style of like hey we we're here and we we got a job to do and it's time to go to work so i i feel that that attitude is exactly what this team has versus maybe some others in the past uh you know but it i mean it doesn't matter all the teams have been amazing uh and all the coaches in the past you know just ben moly for anybody who doesn't know uh and andrew Gagne, um you know are, are two of the most uh prevalent ones that i can remember off and that have done done amazing right on um <clears throat> so i kind of want to talk a little bit about your faction selections um as i was going through the etc teams uh last week i think um i, I kind of noticed that there's not a lot of um divergence away from like the standard factions right like there's no sisters list um mike brent did bring some blood angels which is as an allied detachment not uncommon um and then of course you brought orcs guys got kind of brought didn't bring any real surprises necrons or at least anything weird. that i would think that's a surprise i necrons necrons are um maybe three months ago would have been more surprising but necrons wow. have been picking up a lot of steam um, lately, and this is just my personal take. It's not. It's not something that I, I'm saying is gospel. Um, but w was there any plans in the past um, to maybe add in like sisters or Death Watch, um, or maybe one of the lesser used factions, Space Wolves? I don't know. You know, whatever. Or did everyone kind of immediately gravitate towards these power factions, and then you were just going to stick with them? Um, no, not at all. There was the full breath of the Imperium was open for a while. We didn't know how that was going to land, especially I know Jeff had, uh, you know, his eyes on some of the Imperium for a while and until uh, Chaos became available. And um, matter of fact, up until um, when did we fly to Connecticut? Uh, Memorial Day weekend or Labor Day weekend, something. One, uh, when we had our practice, uh, Alex Fennell. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, too, I think in my mind, Alex Fennell is one of the all-time, if there was a Hall of Fame 
tomorrow of 40k players i think in my mind alex fennell is uh, on the top of all that he's he's played for england he's played for us multiple times um the guys won anything and everything uh accolade wise that there is and but we had him on a tau style list right with hmm. the kind of standard what it is and we ran that list through the gauntlet and we just found that uh it just it does have bad matchups um and in it or excuse me in etc where probably i don't know if you've looked into a lot of it maybe a lot of the listeners have haven't heard the breakdown but there's five ways excuse me five ways to score uh points in an etc style mission in, in what, most why don't you break games. it down a little sure. bit like you know not the nuts and bolts but Sure. So the, the roundabout where we're all in the ITC mode, where it's whole one score one, tertiaries and whatnot, this isn't. You we're doing uh, maelstrom cards, we're a full deck that you can modify. I think up to six cards before each round. But so um, maelstrom, and it's not even as easy, Pablo, as to say uh, draw three cards every turn. Depending on what mission you're playing, you might draw a card based on how many decks you hold. You might draw a card based on how many kills you got based on the turn number it is uh so just maelstrom it's not even easy just say maelstrom there's all different caveats based off of it then there's a kill point differential uh there is in some matchups it's only progressive only in the game and then there's some rounds where there's both then there is line breakers first blood i believe and uh slay the warlord all these kind of things are happening all at the same time. So at first, understanding that there was a four-hour round to play, you're like, oh my gosh, that is forever. But with all the bookkeeping and, you know, uh, making Europeans. sure that you – Yeah, the, the, a language barrier and whatnot, those well, no, two hours – no, just really slow and uneducated is what I was going to say, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. There it is. But so the, the two hours that we're going to get, because everybody – this is also Scary – if you can let us know too, I believe this is the first year that um, ETC and uh, Neil there, uh, all the guys are saying that each team is required to bring four chess clocks to where every table will have uh, eight chess clocks for everybody to be on. Is I, I believe. I yes, it, it's definitely part of the packet. You know, you have to have the four chess clocks so that if uh, there is one requested, that you just have a chess clock. And I I think I personally personally I think that is fantastic. I love chess clocks. I love yep. what they do for the competitive meta. And it's really, really cool to see that a tournament as big as the ETC is kind of setting that precedent and rolling with it as well. Yeah, and it's uh, anybody who plays me, uh, just know it's chess clock. I believe in it. I love it. And you tell me whatever we're going to play by, that's what it is, but it'll be chess clock. I'll let it sit on mine for saves. I don't care. It's going to sit on yours. But chess clock is absolutely going to be in effect uh for all of my games. Um, but so, yeah, it's just, it's one of those that uh, ETC is a, is a completely different animal. And uh, for anybody who did just attend uh, the American team championship, realizing how, how tough it is to do matchup with five teams. Just imagine when there's eight players now. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it's just, a, it's just an absolute different ball game. I yep. think it's like uh, the amount of possible combinations is in like the 10,000 range or 12,000 range or something. Yeah, yeah, it's it's insane. Um, <clears throat> not only that too, but every matchup, um, you know, it's not just black and white. This list will, will 
we'll table this list, etc., etc. Also depends on the terrain you get, who's defending, who's attacking, uh, what mission you're playing on. There's there's tons and tons of factors to factor in here when you're ma just matching up, right? And then not including actually playing the game itself. Um, so there, you know, there's a lot of tactics to it. I, I can't wait for the ETC. Um, <clears throat> speaking of matchups and matching up, uh, Juice. I'm assuming Sean's going to be calling most of the shots for matchups, or will it be like a committee thing? So there's a system that has worked out that uh, Nick and Brad have, I believe, a demon baby child form of uh, computer software, gerbils, some type of system that they have that they've entered in things, um, and then it'll be played off of. But yeah, it's it's. Uh, I haven't been. I don't know. All I know up until we we all have teams that we're looking at. We all have matchups that we're running, and then we're compiling all this information to to when we get there. But it's so crazy too with uh, ATC being such, you know, right right before uh, ETC. It is, and we're all trying to obviously prepare for Europe, but then take um you know the American team championship as serious as we can. So what has been done over the last month has been great. But what's gonna happen over these next ten days is really gonna be, I think, groundbreaking to figure out where we're at. And also, I don't know, Pablo, I just realized, I don't know if I have truly answered your question about lists, but I think our philosophy was, too, is we all don't want to pay uh, $1,800 a person to buy a plane ticket, pay, um, you know, uh, food, lodging, and everything else to bring a cute list. I don't think that's I don't think that's what it is. I think most countries also believe in that to where uh, there is obviously some codexes that are leaps and bounds better than others. Uh, some generals are better with the next level codexes that can bring it to that level. But regardless, if it isn't a club banger, it is not even thought of. A so, club banger. Yep. Right on. Um. So. One thing, one last question. I think I think we can probably close off here, uh, and that's the, the question of matchups and teams. Um, I asked Gary this question, and I want to ask you the same question. You guys are going in. Uh, in my opinion, you guys are the favorites. You guys are obviously the champions. Last year's champions. You're the team to beat, just because you won last year. You've got an amazing roster. Who are some of the teams that you're excited to play, um, and uh, maybe not nervous to play against, but um, that you, you really know are capable of just of beating you and stealing the title away. Sure. Jeff, do you have anybody? Um, I'm just a skull collector myself, so like the fact that Nick Nanabadi is honoring a ancient British tradition <laughs> of invading a sovereign nation and utilizing their smartest and brightest to their own advantage, in this case India, um, is something that, as an American, offends my warrior spirit. Because, uh, as you know, with America, we are an indigenous people that welcome in everyone and associate them with ourselves. And that's just the fact that, you know, Nick was seduced uh, innocently away from us by the, the Brits uh, is just disgusting to me. So when it comes to facing the British... Uh, I expect them to once again line up and assume that we would fight them ignorantly that way. But instead, we will come at them from all different angles and liberate Nick through the sweet, purifying light of the Emperor's flame. Um, and hopefully he'll get beaten so hard that he, uh, 
at best will be on like a United Nations team next year or something like that, just kind of handing out condoms <laughs> team, and stuff. So team team that's, UN, I like that. Yeah, that's kind of the hope. Um, so, and I have, a lot of, I have a lot of friends over there. I like Stephen Box from. He's also from England, but they too um, are such sluts for teams that they couldn't fit him in there. So they, he's on the United Nations team as the captain for there. Um, and is his American tradition? We need to smash the United Nations team, just kind of make it our own. So hopefully they'll be like a NATO team next year or something like that. <laughs> um, you know, some of the lists that stand out to me, uh, the Australian team, I think in years previous, maybe didn't get the respect, but, uh, I will say that looking at eight lists, um, I'm obviously biased to ours. I feel like, um, and some of the other countries have, have confirmed our, uh, thoughts about our list. I don't, I don't feel like we missed on something. We're able to hit all the bases. I think Australia is doing uh, has kind of done that as well. I, I really enjoy theirs. Um, I think uh, the as Scar said, Germany is really strong. Uh, you know, it's always surprising to see that uh, Russia a lot of times will not change their ways, and and it appears it's quite a few of their players are bringing 200 demon models, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and a lot of horde presence. Uh, so yeah, um, and obviously we've ran, if there's a team out there that we've ran, uh, pairing against a lot, it has absolutely been England. Um, so we expect yeah. to see them at some point. Right on. And for those of you who, um, who may be unfamiliar, I'm a bit of a drama file when it comes to tournaments. I love the tournament drama and the narrative, uh, and team England not only has Nick Notavati, but also has, uh, Mr. Alex Harrison. And so my dream Do is they? that. I'm he's pretty not sure he's on the on. team this year. No. Oh, he's not on the team this year. Dang it! Oh well. Pablo, I believe he's. I, oh, he's uh, the he's on the team UN team. Two. Okay. Well, never mind. I was I was hoping for a finals match on two stream tables, Mister Nick Nanavati versus Sean Naden, which actually isn't a matchup that we see a lot streamed. Um, you know, Sean Naden and Nick Nanavati seem to dodge each other at big events more often than not. Uh, but yeah, Sean Naden, Nick Nadavati, and Alex Harrison versus Jeff would have been a great matchup. But anyways, that aside, there's a lot of good good matchups between quality players here that I'm really excited to see. A lot of really interesting lists too. Uh, if you're wondering, if you're uh, first off, I think every faction's represented. Um, when I was looking through it with Peter, I didn't have time to finish it, but it looks like almost every faction is being represented at, at least a little bit, um, except maybe Space Wolves. But, uh, <laughs> eh, sorry guys. Sorry, space puppies. You know what? I um, feel bad too. Uh, kind of art imitating life. Nobody has mentioned Ireland. And I think that that is, uh, that's a mistake. That's a, that's our first round. Really great guys. Very tough. Uh, Jeff, I'm so I, glad you, you're doing this. Uh, yeah. I completely forgot. Well, that's okay, man. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I mention <laughs> here. And I, I think, um, having the job of sustaining on their chin the scrotum of England for two, three, four hundred years or whatever it's been is highly uh, underrated. So I think it's absolutely incredible they were able to put together a team and attend an event that England allowed them to attend um, and try to do honor to the Queen. I, I assume Ireland still does that. So I, I just... I, they need to be mentioned. I'm sorry about that. Um, and I just appreciate their donation of that sweet, sweet first victory for Team USA on its repeat path. It's really nice of them. <laughs> Pablo, you will love it. I will send you as soon as we get done here, and you can do what you will with it. But I believe I'll, I'll send you the video that uh, uh, Team Ireland, the captain, put into the board 
to get approved of our of their um, challenging us to a uh, round one meeting and it was it's a it's a hellified three to five minute view I, I i'm it. i'm only imagining the the rig or the bottom underneath floor of the titanic where they're all doing the dancing yeah. and leo dicaprio's what you know dancing around to the irish music and and them just calling you out in song with plenty of beer that's that's how i imagine the video it's, it's funny you said that. that it's yeah it was leonardo dicaprio dancing behind the captain as he oh, was doing it so i mean he you hit it on the head do put on subtitles when you watch the video though that is uh, pretty much required for listening to that and it is five minutes, uh, which could just be broken down into we make our sacrifice to Team USA, but it, it's still worth watching because honestly, I think they filmed that in their. Steve, correct me if I'm wrong. It's their number one uh, film studio in Ireland. I think it was right. It was uh, Team Captain's mom's basement, I believe. So it's it's, it's a, the production levels through the roof, almost literally. Cold as ice. Yes, it is. Um, something something <clears throat> has happened in and around that basement that we're not allowed to talk to here. Yeah. Mm, great. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so, last minute, last minute, uh, not callouts, but last minute uh, things to for people to be aware of before you head off to ETC. Um, I imagine Jeff might be on the show another time, but um, you know it's not a lot of time left between now and ETC. Um, so, for anyone who's listening, where, where, any predictions? Where, where can people find uh, you? You know your analysis. Any callouts? Anything like that? Uh, uh, I'll be streaming yep. some of my practice games on Tuesdays for the next couple weeks. Uh, some of my friends in this area are going to help me get familiar with ETC missions and, and play a little bit, so that'll be fun. For sure, I think there is a, a chance on the twenty seventh uh, that weekend trying to get a uh, one more jam, uh, another practice weekend in uh, uh, for myself as well. Um, so we'll see how that goes. So for Canada, we have the Team Canada ETC Facebook page. You can always find us on that ETC Team Canada. I've been posting up like profiles for the players, and there'll be a lot of stuff that we do throughout uh, the event as well, putting up pictures. Also, seven out of the nine members of Team Canada are going to the UK a week before the event, uh, where we will be hanging out uh, Southport, Dyson Decks on Sunday, the 4th of August. Uh, there's going to be a little RTT where we're all going to be playing. So if anybody in the UK wants to come hang out, come say hi. And then on the Monday, we'll be at Warhammer World. So Monday the 6th, I believe, or 5th or 6th? Oh. The 5th. Uh, so we'll be we'll all be at Warhammer World. So if anybody wants to come say hi to the ETC Canadian team, or at least seven of us, we will be there. Right on. <clears throat> okay, so every episode, at the end of the episode, we open it up to the uh Questions for the patrons. Uh, they get to ask them on the exclusive closed Chapter Tactics Patreon Club on Facebook. Uh, and then we answer those questions at the end of every episode. So, um, first off, uh, Nikhil wants to know, uh, did any, any lists stand out to either of you, to any of you, um, while you were at the ATC looking at lists for the ETC? Um, so, lists that you think maybe you'd see in the ETC that kind of stood out to you at the ATC. I think Nick's 300 grot list turned a lot of heads. There's a lot of a lot of people that wanted to copy that for their own, but by the time they saw it, um, getting 300 grots was something nobody else could do. So Nick gets to be that special snowflake, and he 
did appropriately well, although in a different format here at the ATC as well, which is really cool to see. Um, got some big, big wins and did well. He did fall to the legendary Don Hoosen, who I was told Nick went into that game in peak physical condition, but Don's dreamy, milky brown eyes and his mole-like features was able to kind of lull him into a state of security that he then was incapacitated and then lost that game. So it's, it's a pretty incredible story. And from there, Nick has become a believer in five-hour energy drink, by the way. No ad. So hmm. interesting. True story. Uh, had to hand him one out of my pocket. I keep him uh, five-hour extra strengths in my, uh, around oh my me God. at all times. And he is on death's door after this game. He <laughs> threw it, even didn't even charge with – I mean, uh, either way, I'm not going to – Say anything. My man was spent at this game, and we're like, we're not out of this. You gotta, you gotta step up. Come on, come on, Rose. You got this. And he's got a pillow laid out. And I said, Do you want a five hour? He's like, I've never had one. And open your mouth. Almost, <laughs> in, almost from the, the Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark, Holy Grail, sipping from his cup. Uh, yeah. I poured into his cheeks, and next thing I know, he's running laps around the 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 entire stadium and uh, uh, wore out Trent Northington, I believe, with his guard uh, the very next round. Something mm. that is important to note about ATC lists is a lot of them are definitely made for ITC format. So you have index choices, you have forge rule choices, and in terms of that mimicking what the etc is you know you can't use index or forge or that etc so you also have to kind of be able to separate the two mm. right on <clears throat> uh tj wants to know what are your favorite things about playing in team tournaments like atc etc and i'm going to open this up to jeff first because he has a great speech slash rave about this uh, it's just continuously the most fun um, the extra layer of strategy is incredible, but also like, like Steven was mentioned earlier, sometimes somebody will, you'll, you'll have to just be like, Hey, you got to keep it close. And then that guy comes away with a win. It feels extra special, but there's also that layer of like, I'm not expected to win this matchup. So I just got to hold on and do the best I can. It has a lot of really fun, um, team atmosphere that also allows you to not have, I mean, it depends. Obviously ETC is the biggest of big, so it's a little bit different there, but like, it's also in some ways less stressful because you've got other guys to back you up. So if you have a bad game, there's still other chances for your team to succeed and do well. Whereas you can travel all the way to London or something like that and you play one bad game and that's kind of it. If you're one of those people that's trying to win the whole damn thing. Um, so it's really nice and fun that way. But also uh, it's cool being able to represent something. Um, in a lot of cases that's your team, but in this case it would be a country. Uh, and I think being able to represent the greatest country on Earth, especially, is just such a huge honor. And, and one day Canada might know something. Oh, well, they're close enough, I guess. They can kind of feel it. Um, so that's just special. Right on. Juice and Scary. So my favorite thing about a team event is uh, when when you do bad right and something happens and you're just like i'm quitting i'm done is the 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 team atmosphere is what digs you out of that is you're not just playing for yourself anymore right and so it's not even just we all win together we all that is like 
anything in life we can do that makes us happy, we can find the joy out of it. And we don't need a reason to keep doing it because it's making us happy. It's it's the point, you know, if you're golf and you 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 flub a shot or you're you whatever it is that you do in life, you know, it is the stuff that makes us want to maybe not is all the bad part of it and i think in team events uh even if you all take a loss there's other people there that took that loss with you so i think anybody getting a feel badsies or quitting warhammer 40k the chance to do that at a team event is almost slim to none where i know plenty of people who have played in a singles event and said i'll never play again so that i would say is the biggest thing uh, for me it was meeting a lot of people who I've met online that were like, you know, came, you know, came up to me and were like, hey, how's it going? I've, oh, I've been chatting with you online. It's nice to put faces to names. And the second is, in terms of team environments, some of the most fun, entertaining games of 40K you will ever play. Because sometimes your job is to lose and just to not lose as badly as, you know, you could lose. And and that that's not like your normal mentality in a singles event where you're trying to you know go undefeated to get to the top, and uh, you know and you win and you lose like a team. So that that's awesome. And then of course the social aspect. After playing, you go out for food. You know you get to hang out, and it's just it's just an all round social event, which is really fun. Right on. Okay, uh, so next question. Matt wants to know how much or how little do team tournaments reflect the regular single player meta? Nineteen. Next question. Nineteen. Nineteen percent. Forty-two. Forty-two percent. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think it does. I mean, obviously, look at uh, Jeff's approach. You know, a couple shows ago, it came on, so we're taking five singles list. You know, uh, and and I think. Uh, there's skewed matchups where you can say, oh, that was a bad matchup or that was this or this list excel. But at the end of the day, Jeff, how many times have you played in a six round event um, and you're like, well, uh, on my way to victory, I didn't really want to play against X, but you did and you still overcame it. So I, right. mean, I, I think it's I, all I relative. Agree. I agree. And I think in the ATC, it's more frequent because you're going to we're playing ITC missions and a lot of singles events have been using the ITC mission format, so you're more likely to see lists that will do well at the missions specifically, um, rather than be as hyper-focused as some of the ETC lists you'll see. I would say Team USA is a, fun, is a closer philosophy to what this guy might be getting at, or at least uh, an interesting answer is just like, if you look at all the lists that the ETC Team USA has taken, and a bunch of others of course, but this is the one I know the best. Those are all lists that you could take to tournaments and be fine with, as opposed to like, especially years past and seventh edition stuff like that. You'd see some of these lists and be like, "Well, this really only functions as one thing in a group of lists, as opposed to uh, it's it's just meant to win across a, a number of matchups type of thing." But there's just that extra layer in team matchups where the list is better when paired with other lists that have that list in mind as opposed to singles tournaments where you're more thinking about the meta and you're thinking about what you're probably going to face, and uh, you can plan for that better than at the ETC where there's just some really wild lists. Mm. Right on. <clears throat> yeah, and I, I think, I've said this before on the podcast, but um, I think if you're going, looking generally at ETC lists, not ATC, but ETC lists specifically, um, and specifically lists from actually from Europe, um, those lists generally you don't want to bring them single tournaments but they do show you what the quote-unquote best units are are for your codex so if you see 
a faction like like maybe you play sisters um and you see a sisters listed etc it might be very spammy but at least you know the two units that they spam are probably the best units in your codex so that helps it helps with list building a little but um, i definitely wouldn't use it as the end all be all for meta decisions okay uh Chris wants to know what strategies do you use to get favorable matchups? Uh, do you have one all com- one all comers list that you always offer up first, or a lamb to the slaughter every game? You know, ba- based on what we did, is we built in having a list. Uh, you know, like the triple shadow sword. Uh, I think also be clear. You know, Ascari alluded to earlier. There is no index or forge world allowed. So Triple Shadow Sword in a Forge World environment is a different animal than Triple Shadow Sword out of it because we get to pair it with two Trojans that are a 98-point unit that says reroll all to hit. Reroll all to hit is so unbelievable because, you know, if you're facing Eldar Flyers and you get four shots hitting on fives or sixes, uh, that's one thing. Uh, Rerolling all of those uh, is just unbelievable. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. I, I think having a style, I mean, uh, speaking from the U.S., we have we have an idea pretty much going into most matchups who we will throw out first, you know, and then there's there's variants of it. But I feel like we every team would be doing a disservice if, you know, we didn't decide, hey, uh, Jeff, you uh, with the army that you're playing will go get 40 or max points against a lot of matchups. So, you know, that's what that list is kind of designed for or myself or, you know, there's some durable list that is say, hey, this list could get thrown out no matter kind of who it gets picked, you know, and kind of pick from that. So. Okay. Um, <clears throat> now this is kind of interesting because uh, obviously Team Zero Comp um, threw out different kind of defenders, and um, I, I don't I don't know for sure, but they didn't seem like they had a dedicated defender list. Um, what is the what is the American ETC team and the Canadian ETC team? Or, or do you both have similar philosophies in that you both have a defender list? And if one defender list is two defender lists better than one defender list, or do you just have one list that's uh, basically in, the, in terms of defenders, are how many defender lists are too many, um, and are they going to go out every single tournament? Do you have them for pretty much most of the board? Well, that really depends on like a who you're playing against and b like your team like build up. But uh, usually, you want to have a combination of both. I I completely agree. I, I was trying to roundabout answer the question without you know saying I don't think any list says we have five defenders and three attackers and we feel really good about this, you know, and, and there's, there's so many different variables of, you know, at what point do you shoot a night Titan with these weapons? Like, well, you gotta, you know, it, it's baseline says you do this, but there's so many variables that happen throughout the game that, hmm. you know, if your first three last cannons miss, then your next four should need not probably shoot him, go shoot something else to get a kill. Right. You know, like, so I would say that just in most pairings, we have an idea of a couple lists that we want to throw out. Uh, but again, we reserve the right to backpedal because uh, we will do whatever, you know, based off of if we get whatever team, right? We'll play that by ear. Mm, right on. <clears throat> okay. Uh, Tim wants to know, how is just going to dominate this year is flexing off the table? Nothing is off the table. 
Beautiful. I, I will tell you that uh, my flexing at the stage that I'm at not hold the weight that Jeff flexing. So uh, mm. if I ever feel the need to do that, I will just uh, call Jeff. Amen. Um, and then finally, uh, Niels Scheer wants to know, by how many points is Team USA going to lose to Team Germany? Hmm. Germans getting in on the, the shit-talking action. It's going to be a clean sweep. I think Germany's got your number. We could Ooh. win by 1,947, maybe. Right on. <clears throat> okay, and that's pretty much that's it. That's all the questions. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to submit your question, you can go to patreon.com slash chapter tactics. Join that Facebook group and submit the questions. Also helps out the podcast. Helps people like Sean, Jeff, Val, and Peter, and myself sometimes. Uh, fly out to tournaments where we can continue being ambassadors for this wonderful game. Hey, and real quick before we get out, Pablo, if you don't mind, I would love to let everybody know that Team Battle Brothers has got uh, some new content coming out, especially with all the ATC coverage. You can check us out um, with our new podcasts and interviews by Brave over at iTunes and a lot of places, Facebook and our website. Absolutely. Check them out, Team Battle Brothers. Uh, and then you can find Jeff right oh, now. In Control TV. Just everywhere, man. In, in, everywhere. In Control TV. <clears throat> and then finally, uh, Denizens of the Dark City can be found um, in Kamara? Kam- no, Kamara? <laughs> Kamara? It's pronounced Kamarag, uh, by the way. Kamarag? Yeah. Kam- okay. 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 Then I, I totally mispronounced that. You can find everything I do, Scardcast, on YouTube, Patreon, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. <clears throat> also, if you're if you like listening to Chapter Tactics, the day before Chapter Tactics airs Meta Mondays, uh, which Scarry uh, likes to talk about the meta, and I actually really like those conversations. Scarry, keep them up. Um, if you're Thank someone you. who's looking for more just intimate conversations about you know real talk metas from an intelligent person, check that out. I really enjoy it. And then, of course, go to frontlinegaming.org, spend money there, get that ITC train a-rolling, and, of course, listen to Chapter Tactics on frontlinegaming.org. I know you guys like to listen on the various podcast sites and stuff, but if you go to frontlinegaming.org, you get access to an archive of all of my episodes. I'm noticing that not a lot of people know exactly where it is, so maybe I'll consider putting it up. But there is a link to all my episodes on frontlinegaming.org where you can read all the show notes for all the episodes as well. Okay, thank you very much for listening. You guys are the best listeners ever. And gals, uh, have a good one. Bye.